0: Welcome to VGK Today, presented by MGM Rewards, a daily podcast bringing you an inside look at the Vegas Golden Knights' 2023 Stanley Cup playoff run. I'm Justin Russo with the Golden Knights on Saturday, April 29th, and the VGK are resting up as they await their next opponent in the Stanley Cup playoffs. We know it'll either be the LA Kings or the Edmonton Oilers, who are locked in an intense first-round series at the moment, with Edmonton holding a 3-2 lead ahead of tonight's Game 6. And while the VGK relax, we welcome on Brian McCormick, who touches on the importance of closing out the Jets in just five games and the ways that the VGK can continue to find motivation in the postseason.
1: You know, in the Stanley Cup playoffs, you got to be good. Most of the teams you face will be. you got to be lucky, but pucks are going to bounce for and against you over the course of a couple of months. Now, what it really pays to be when the opportunity arises is efficient. Hello friends, I'm Brian McCormick, this is VGK Today, and in Game 5 against the Winnipeg Jets, the Golden Knights got the job done, and they did it in a timely manner. Last time we were together, you know, we talked a lot about momentum, the ebbs and flows and ups and downs of a game or a series, and, you know, we saw that over the course of this five-game series against Winnipeg, but as we already know, momentum, it can be influenced, it can be captured, and it can kind of tell the story of how you respond to adversity and how you can double down on success. And what I think we saw in Game 5 for the Golden Knights was doubling down on success. That's a choice, that is a conviction, that is a grab-the-bull-by-the-horns decision to be made. And the Golden Knights made it in Game 5. They left no doubt from the opening minute, thanks to Chandler Stevenson. Deep in his own zone, zone, a rim-around came to the line. Stone kept it in the slot, beating last Stevenson, He scores! A minute into the game. The Knights take a one-nothing lead. Chandler Stevenson's third goal of the playoffs. Golden Knights wouldn't look back from there as Chandler Stevenson got his third of the series. He would not be done. He would get his fourth later on in the contest. But this was a game that felt well decided by the end of the second period. Golden Knights outshot the Jets 23 to 14 and outscored them 4-0 through the first two periods. Uh, as Bruce Cassidy said, maybe the uh, Golden Knights went into a little bit more of a defensive shell than he would have liked in the third period when the Jets had the, the net empty for an extended period. Winnipeg did outshoot the Golden Knights 16-2 to in the third period, but again, by that point, the Golden Knights had already staked their claim. They had already dug in their heels, and Laurent Brassois was... Uh, finishing it off for the Golden Knights to finish off their first-round opponent and now prepare for a second-round meeting with either the LA Kings or the Edmonton Oilers. That is still to be determined. But for the Golden Knights, they did not leave anything up to chance in Game 5. And we're going to talk throughout this episode about how valuable it can be To put your opponent away, not just for the time being. Everybody wants to win. Nobody wants to take any longer to do a task than they have to. But the benefits that exist down the road as well. Now, how do you do that? How do you get business taken care of against Winnipeg as quickly as the Golden Knights did. A Winnipeg team that is, of course, talented, that has one of the best goaltenders in the world in Connor Hellebuck, although I think you could definitely argue that Laurent Brossois outdueled Connor Hellebuck in this one, and that includes, uh, games in which they had similar goal support, game three in Winnipeg for one. Uh, this was a, a phenomenal series for Bressois. We're gonna talk more about that, uh, later on in the episode as well. But, How did the Golden Knights manage it? Well, first of all, I think they recognized a Winnipeg team on the ropes. And when you have an opponent that's vulnerable, you better go in for the kill right then and there. And that's what the Golden Knights did. A Jets team that had lost Josh Morrissey, a Jets team that had lost Mark Scheifele, and a Jets team that trailed this one just 50 seconds into the contest. I mean, the Golden Knights could smell blood in the water and went into attack mode immediately and responsible attack mode. They were physical, pressure in the offensive zone, but without uh, being irresponsible as Winnipeg didn't have a single power play in all of Game 5. But if you look at this series as a whole, you can't come away with it without respect for the depth that the Golden Knights showed in Round 1. And you look at the production they had in Round 1, Really, if we want to talk about production, we can talk about it almost as broadly as a four-game window because while William Carlson did score in game one, the Golden Knights didn't do a whole lot else in game one of this series. So t- taking a quick browse at the, the scoring leaders among the Golden Knights, you've got five players in round one that averaged better than a point per game, or should I say a point per game or better. Chandler Stevenson and Mark Stone both had eight points in five games. William Carlson with five points in five games, as did Jack Eichel and as did Alex Petrangelo. Just below that threshold, Brett Howden and Michael Amadio had a tremendous series. Uh, Riley Smith and Shea Theodore. Shea Theodore, who did not play in game five, but Smith had three assists. Theodore, three assists. It was really well-spread this Golden Knights scoring attack, uh, you know, that's, that's depth that takes pressure off of other players as well. But look at William Carlson. Four goals in five games for William Carlson. This was the first time that William Carlson has scored four goals in five games since the 2019-20 season. So obviously it's been a while since we saw 40-goal William Carlson. He's been a very productive player since, uh, but we've not seen that explosive level since the inaugural VGK season. But, I mean, a, a week like this is as close as it's felt in quite a while. Again, since 2019-20, since he's had four goals in a five-game stretch. And when you have... So much buy-in. Boy, does that take the pressure off of some of your other contributors. Uh, and, and I think Jack Eichel is a perfect example. Jack Eichel had three goals and five points in his first NHL playoff series. That's darn good. That's really good. And it's a reason why this series was closed up so quickly. But if you look at some of the other players on this list, do you think? Did would you have predicted before this series began, if I asked you, would you have predicted this would be a five-game series? Five-game series. And Riley Smith and Jonathan Marchessault didn't score a goal. I don't know if you would have predicted that. Don't get me wrong. They had strong series. Again, Riley Smith with three assists, Jonathan Marchessault with two assists, and they produced in other ways. This was a, a very uh, four lines deep, three pairs deep lineup for Bruce Cassidy in this, in this series. But if I told you those two were going to be uh, held out of the goal column, you might say, okay, that might be a, a bit of a scrappy battle to get to uh, a win in five games. No, it certainly wasn't simple. But Games 4 and Games 5 were pretty well controlled for the VGK. And it's because of the work of uh, Stevenson and Stone, certainly uh, players you rely upon heavily, although with Mark Stone coming back from injury, you couldn't have necessarily fairly guaranteed almost two points a game from Mark Stone. I don't know if that's something you would have been fair to expect, but it's what you got. William Carlson playing at his level, Jack Eichel doing what he did. There was a lot of, of depth and, and spread-out burden throughout this series. And I think Michael Amadio and Brett Houghton being nearly point per game is perhaps the best example, Michael Amadio scoring the overtime winner. This was a series in which the bottom six for the VGK got it done. And while that alleviated pressure on many that spread of the burden. Jack Eichel had a phenomenal first round. If if the Golden Knights are struggling to score and there's pressure and someone's got to step up, that might make it a harder first round for Jack Eichel. That wasn't the situation. He was able to perform at his level uh, and on his terms without bearing the weight of the world on his shoulders. That's incredibly valuable, and it's depth that Bruce Cassidy knows his team benefited from.
2: Well, they're good players. Uh, we've relied on them all year. I thought Carly was. The mo- probably the most consistent from game one jack first playoff you have to give him a little room to breathe and and sort of sorry breathe it in get the temperature of the series he got better as it went along uh st- i thought stevie was solid too um nick got better as it went along i think he's always more comfortable w- with will carrier on on his left wing so he's had a, some different left wingers, but him and coley did their job so I think it was an advantage for us, to be honest. Uh, We knew it going in. I think our depth from line one through four, you know if we could take their top three or four guys out of it offensively, not out of it, but neutralize them, um, we would have the advantage. Didn't look that way after game one, after Lowry had a big game, but uh, eventually I think it it did
1: tilt our way. And that was Bruce Cassidy. Let's talk a little bit about the, the benefits of winning quickly. Some of them are pretty obvious. Uh, but some of them also maybe go a little bit, a little bit more uh, in in depth, a little more abstract. Uh, how the VGK are going to be helped going forward? Now, first of all, the obvious rest and recovery. Not only are the players going to have a little bit of chance to to get their legs back under them again, uh, although you'd also probably imagine imagine there's not going to be too many players that are absolutely uh, exhausted coming out of this this round because. You had one game go to overtime. Other than that, I mean, Bruce Cassidy was able to spread his minutes pretty fairly throughout this series. Last night's leading ice time getter for the Golden Knights was Nick Hay, who played 26 minutes, uh, 26 and a half minutes of even strength. Yeah, so he played 26-32 total. Uh, Alec Martinez played 21. Alex Petrangelo played 23. Brayden Pahal and Ben Hutton, who were brought into the lineup, last night played 14 and a half minutes uh, for Hutton and 11:45 for Braden Pahal. So they weren't brought out there to be bench ornaments. they, they were Bruce Cassidy was plenty comfortable playing Braden Pahal you know almost a, a fifth of the game in his NHL playoff debut. That says a lot. I mean that says a lot to the, the comfort level that Bruce Cassidy has with this group, but it also again makes it uh, a quicker, Recovery quicker to get back to neutral for round two, but Braden McNabb missed game five due to an injury. He's day to day. Shea Theodore missed it due to illness. You presume he is day to day. So what do you have now? You have a couple of days and who's to know if those two are going to be back and ready to go for game one. But boy, have you given yourself maximum amount of time to let those guys get back closer to game action. Uh, If they're not going to be ready by game one of the next round, we'll, we'll find out. But certainly you've given yourself the maximum amount of downtime to waste, to burn, to get them back to that point. And if you look at the Golden Knights with the return of Will Carrier, outside of the goaltending position, they are absolutely as healthy as they've ever been this season. And if the, the goaltending situation doesn't fall under that category in terms of the availability of, of Logan Thompson, I mean, c- coming out of this series, goaltending is not something you're worried about. Laurent Brassois was fantastic and, and arguably better than uh, Connor Hellebuck. So the opportunity to get back healthy and to, to get back to full strength, that's, that's an obvious benefit. I think the bigger benefit here for the Golden Knights is mental. You have avoided the stress and the anguish that comes with the struggle of putting a team away. In any series, the fourth game is usually going to be the hardest one for you to win. Usually that's going to be the case, just to to close it out. And if you look around the league, not to to put all credence in what fans say and what fans believe, but I, I feel pretty comfortable guaranteeing you that Toronto Maple Leaf fans, given their team's recent history, are a lot less comfortable waking up the morning of Game 6 than they were the morning of Game 5. They're letting a Tampa Bay team hang around a bit. The Boston Bruins probably still feel pretty confident and comfortable against the Florida Panthers, but they're going to a Game 6. They had to go back to Florida. If you keep a team alive, you are exposing yourself to the possibility of making this interesting. And the Golden Knights did not want any part of that. And as we mentioned, it was 50 seconds into the first period that they made their first resounding statement in Game 5 against the Jets. You know, I worked with a coach in Idaho. His name was, was Neil Graham. Still, he coaches in the AHL now with the Texas Stars. I, I bring him up because he said something to me that was was very wise. Uh, and it was the first time I'd ever heard anyone articulate it this way. It was back in 2018 in, in the ECHL in Idaho. And in the first round, the uh, Idaho Steelheads were trailing 3-0 in a best-of-seven series to the Allen Americans. And these were two teams very good during the regular season. Both put up, uh, I don't remember the exact point totals, but both both fighting for the top of the division. Uh, and they were going to meet in this first round. And the fact that it was 3-0 after three games was shocking. It shouldn't. Uh, it was definitely not how they would have predicted it going into the series. And now the now Idaho had to go to Allen, Texas to to play the the put away game. And talking to Neil Graham, he said our biggest job is to plant that little seed of doubt. And I said, what does that mean? What are you What are you talking about? He says, well, right now across the hall, there's a team that has a three nothing lead on us and knows they probably shouldn't. This isn't a waxing. They're not. Uh, head and shoulders above us And this was expected to be a, a quick series No, they have a 3 nothing lead They're happy about it But they're probably asking themselves Boy, how did we get this lucky? How did we come out of the, these first three games With this commanding of a lead? And all you need to do Is create a circumstance That really makes them question it So win game four, stay alive, but try to do it in a fashion that makes it seem that they're going to have some nerves, some apprehension that they've let you off the mat. And that is the message he gave his team. Plant that little seed of doubt. Could have made t-shirts that said it. Plant that little seed of doubt. And that was a team that came back and won four in a row, including game seven on home ice to win that series. And it was all because they took a team with a 3-0 series lead and made them feel like they didn't really deserve it. That is what happens when you don't put a team away quickly. And adversity is important. Adversity is important because you're going to face it in the playoffs. Not everything needs to turn into a story. (laughs) But when you face adversity, meet it deal with it, and then double down on it. The Golden Knights lost a, a sizable lead in the third period of Game 3, went to overtime, but they won that game. They did not look back afterwards. But I think the game, as I
2: said, after we, lo- we let the lead get away and we won an overtime in Game 3, it could be good for us in the long run. And I think it turned out that way for guys that haven't had a lot of playoff experience, including LB, right? Including Jack, guys we rely on. Uh, Maybe some other guys that haven't played a lot. You know, if we had to come out on the wrong side of that, maybe the series changes, but that's not the way it worked out. So for us, um, finding ways to win has been a motto for us all year, and I don't think our stats show that we're one of the best teams in any particular category except wins.
1: And that's Bruce Cassidy. Again, you get merit badges for overcoming obstacles. But you don't get multiple merit badges for overcoming the same obstacle more than once. So if you have a setback, that's good. Learn from it. Make sure it doesn't happen again. And the next series, if it does happen, if a team that is just as good as you has a better day than you, that's fine too. But respond. And when you respond, double down. To drive this home a little bit, again, just the value of finishing series on time. It's, not, it's mental, I believe. I think having a success rate of when you have a team on the ropes, finishing the job, I think that builds your confidence too. I think that's a learned ability. Like they say, you have to learn how to win in the NHL. You have to learn how to score goals in the NHL. I think learning how to put teams away, learning how to go for the jugular in advantageous situations is a skill. You don't want to win every single game just because you outlasted the other team because that, over time, is going to catch up with you. I looked back at every Stanley Cup final going back to 2010. I know that's a bit of an arbitrary year to land on. I I, went, I was going to come back 10 years, and then the, the numbers kept agreeing with me, so I kept going back. Looking back as far as the 2010 Cup final, both the winner of the Cup and the the runner-up, that's 26 teams from 2010 to 2022. Of those 26 teams, 21 of those teams had at least one round of the playoffs on their journey to the cup final last five games or fewer. Five teams, five teams out of 26 won the cup or made it to a cup final having played six or more games in each of their prior series. Go through it quickly. Last year, the Colorado Avalanche won the cup. They had two series on their journey. The Western Conference final, they had a sweep against Edmonton. The first round, they had a sweep against Nashville. They beat Tampa. Tampa swept the Florida Panthers the lightning over the last uh, the, the previous 2 years they won the cup both times they had uh, five game series winning against carolina they had two short series uh, in 2020 five games against boston five games against columbus if you look at the teams that did not so these were teams that had six games or more in every series of their cup run you have the st. louis blues in 2019 All of their series were six-plus games, including their seven-game series win in the Cup Final against the Boston Bruins. You had the 2018 Washington Capitals. All of their series were six games or more. In 2015, you had the Tampa Bay Lightning. They had uh, six games or more in every series on their way to a Cup Final. They lost to the Chicago Blackhawks. And then in 2014, you had the LA Kings and the New York Rangers, both teams played six games or more in every series leading up to the Cup. Every other team had at least one, many of them multiple, but at least one series victory that was a sweep or was five games, a lot of them in the first or second round. In 2012, the LA Kings, they had three series on their way to the Cup Final that were short series. They beat Phoenix in five, they beat St. Louis in four, they beat Vancouver in five. That is so much energy, both physical and mental, saved for the cup final and just to double down my point again if you look at the 2014 kings and rangers the kings were the eighth seed they were on a miracle run to get to the final the rangers played six games in each series to get to the final they were exhausted in that stanley cup final series and that's why they went down in five look at the 2015 example The Tampa Bay Lightning had to go six games or more in every series to get to the cup final, but they were exhausted when they got there. They went down in five. If you look at the 2018 Washington Capitals, they beat the Golden Knights in five. So even teams that get all the way through the gauntlet to the end and have to expend maximum energy to do it, Don't have a lot in the tank usually at the very, very end of that run. The the lone exception is the St. Louis Blues uh, who were uh, down to the wire every single second of every single playoff game it felt like. But you know what? They were in last place on New Year's Day, so maybe they got their rest in the first half of the season. I don't know. But to me, there's no question. It's not automatic, but there's no question there is a benefit to saving yourself time, energy, and mental exhaustion by getting the job done when the opportunity presents itself early in series. I'll tell you another thing that's going to benefit the Golden Knights going into the second round against either L.A. or Edmonton. They've got some little bit of inspirational fuel heading into this uh, next series as well. And I'm not just talking about Annabelle when I say that, uh, although it, there's no more heartwarming story than that right now, as far as I'm concerned, in the uh, the Stanley Cup playoffs. No, I, I think when, when we look at each playoff season, I think there's a, a game that we all like to play, which uh, I like to refer to as spot the coupless veteran we're rooting for most. Some years there's a really good answer to that question. Other years it's a little less on the nose you know in recent years uh, you know Joe Thornton was probably on a lot of people's lists. Uh, this year's candidates I'd say, of course for, for fans who don't have a, a team in the mix, the casual observer, um, Mark Giordano, maybe it would be a good a good candidate for that uh, for that nomination. But if if you look at those, there's a reason those stories exist, and it's not just fun observation. It's the idea that that kind of yearning for cup glory in your locker room it it speaks volumes. You know, sometimes we talk about having Stanley Cup experience in the locker room benefiting a team. It certainly can. Sometimes having the desperation to win one can be just as powerful and just as aspirational. So sometimes that's the storyline that can drive. The uh, the old guy who's never won. And and just in, I say, recent history, but, you know, great examples that come to mind immediately. Uh, Dave Anderchuk in Tampa Bay in 2004. Rod Brendamore with the, the Hurricanes in 2006. Ray Bork is probably the best example that a lot of us would remember in our lifetimes in 2001 with the Avalanche. Lanny McDonald was a great example in the late 80s with the Calgary Flames. These are are uplifting, inspirational, gets the entire locker room committed to a singular purpose types of stories. Sometimes snapping a lengthy drought can do that. The 94 Rangers, the 2010 Blackhawks. That's part of, I'm sure, what the narrative in the, in the Toronto Maple Leafs locker room is this year, not just in the seats in Toronto. So if you can find that kind of either let's win it for him storyline or something that gives your team that that team of destiny sense about them, that's powerful stuff. And if you look at the Golden Knights right now, I mean, two candidates right, right now for that, Mark Stone and Laurent Brassois. Around the boards, off Stone's blade, gloves it out of the air, turns and shoots, he scores! 2-0 Vegas! Mark Stone, second point of the day! Mark Stone with a four-game point streak to finish off the series. He arrived in Game 2 with two goals and a helper. He had an exclamation point in Game 5 with a goal and two assists as well. Eight points in the series for Mark Stone, where just his presence in the lineup was going to add value for the Golden Knights after he missed about half the season due to injury. While well, his presence has been a lot more than that, he has been among their best offensive producers. And that comeback story, and uh, again, not just a comeback story, isn't it nice that he's here? A comeback story where he has come back and he has led, has tremendous value for the Golden Knights heading into the second round and on the Laurent Bressois front, all he did in the first round was go 4 and 1 with a 2.42 goals against average and a 9.15 save percentage. He was brilliant for a job that he not only had to, to wait for and, in some senses, win, but he had to fight his way back from the American Hockey League to do it. Bressois was in Henderson from November through February, knowing that he had both Logan Thompson and Aiden Hill ahead of him. And, and he said multiple times, he said, I'm here because at the start of the season I was injured, I needed time to get ready, I, I this is where I belong right now, and I'm going to work hard, I'm going to battle my way up and hope that if an opportunity presents itself that they are going to trust me to do the job. Yeah, I mean obviously um, throughout the process
0: there's nothing really I can control other than you know what I'm doing on and off the ice and, and that's all I really tried to do I mean, and the opportunities came and, and luckily uh, I took advantage and, and, and here we
2: are. Small chip on the shoulder maybe to prove through something or? Of course, um, yeah, especially starting the year in the minors and you know with an injury and um, you know, there's obviously it feels like
0: there's people that'll start down you, including myself. And see, uh, you definitely had a lot of motivation to, to come out and, and take advantage of whatever opportunity I was given.
1: And here we are in the first round of the playoffs and Logan Thompson's still injured, but the the rest of the goaltending battery has has gotten itself back to health. And Laurent Prasois has, has commanded the crease and just made it that not only is he the right person to go with, how could you not with the role that he's been on? And, and his save on Adam Lowry in the second period last night was probably the greatest example of it. Smith and Carlson up front for Vegas. Kagan White Cloud are the defenseman. Jets coming in. Rink wide pass left. Dylan shoots. Save. Rebound in front. Starting glove save. Oh, hard recovers and makes a wonderful stop on the rebound. So the Vegas Golden Knights have the honor of being the first team to wrap things up in the first round. Now they get to sit back and watch as the LA Kings and Edmonton Oilers go head-to-head. They'll hope that that series goes seven, that it goes seven overtimes in each, and that the Oilers and Kings will beat the heck out of each other and uh, soften each other up for whoever will be at T-Mobile Arena for Game 1 of Round 2. One thing is for sure, the Golden Knights have that opportunity because they got things done on time because they had a team across the way in the Winnipeg Jets that was wounded, limping, and on the way down, and the Golden Knights didn't take anything for granted. They got the job done. Now they get to enjoy the positive storylines, of which there are many, all around that locker room. It's a positive way to head into round two, and we're looking forward to it. Justin Russo.
0: Looking forward to it indeed, Brian. Always coming through with the wonderful storytelling and anecdotes here on VGK today. And I really think his story from his days with the Idaho Steelheads really stands out for me. You know, talking about trying to change the mental advantage in a series and just planting that seed of doubt. And I think the VGK did that to the Winnipeg Jets in the first round, especially as Brian was mentioning with the loss of Mark Shifley, the loss of Josh Morrissey. You look at Nikolai Ehlers, who didn't play until game five of that series. I think that mental advantage started to really weigh on the Winnipeg Jets and the Golden Knights, especially with their start in Game 5, just gave them nothing to really build on in that game and took home a rather easy win in the elimination game in Game 5 to eliminate the Jets in Round 1. And for the VGK, we don't know when they're going to start their Round 2 journey. Of course, we know it's either going to be against the Edmonton Oilers or the LA Kings, but we do know and we have some news about ticketing For round two. And for all you VGK fans out there who are looking to make your way down to T Mobile Arena for round two of the Stanley Cup playoffs, just know that round two strips and single game tickets are on sale now. They went on sale yesterday at one o'clock. So you can already get your tickets to round two of the 2023 Stanley Cup playoffs, even though we don't exactly know who the VGK will be playing. We do know that the VGK will have those first two games at home, given that they were the first seed in the Western Conference. So Golden Knights, first two games at T-Mobile Arena, just like in round one. We don't know who they're going to play yet, but we do know it's going to be a fun time down at the Fortress, and you should make your way out to the Fortress for game one or game two if you can. Tickets available now for round two of the 2023 Stanley Cup playoffs. Also take a second to remind you to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. So you don't miss a moment of the team's quest for the Stanley Cup right here on VGK Today. Tomorrow we have a little bit of a special episode. Myself, I will be out, Brian McCormick taking my place as your guide throughout VGK Today. But we're joined by two people who, if you don't know their names, you certainly know their work. It's Gordon Weigers and Kaylee Allard who help run the VGK social media channels. They do a great job at putting out great content all the time for you fans. And they're going to grab the mic here on VGK Today tomorrow to give you some insight on how they run things behind the scenes for the VGK social media channels and come up with all those lovely ideas. Looking forward to tomorrow's episode. Of course, Brian will take you through it, but I will be back with you in just a couple of days' time. But until then, Justin Russo signing off for episode 13 of VGK Today presented by MGM Rewards.